0: Hello and welcome to Background Screening Tips and Tech. I'm Tim Santoni and welcome to the show. Today we have an awesome guest, Leslie Green. Uh, Green Consulting is joining us. Leslie, thanks so much for joining the podcast.
1: Hey Tim, thanks for having me. Excited to be with you.
0: Awesome. Well, I've known Leslie for quite a while. Uh, she has expertise in working with enterprise businesses to mid-sized companies to small business owners to coaching really brings a different view and a fresh look on businesses. And I hope that, that today that she can share with us a little bit about her experience in recruiting, training and implementing and deploying sales teams with, with her clients. Um, Leslie, before we get started, maybe just give us a little you know, background on yourself, where you come from, you know, what, where you've worked and what you know, your ideal client looks like you know, today.
1: Thanks, Tim. Uh, I came out of college and went into um, say a sales environment where it was merchant sales, so with distribution. And then I, I ended up being a sales manager and got into commercial printing, which is considered manufacturing in, in the world. Um, I started there. Uh, I was there probably 10 years, was our top rep. Uh, I started my consulting business, Green Consulting, spelled G-R-O-E-N-E, consulting, uh, 25 years ago. And I started as a business development trainer and put together a bunch of content. And then coaching came in, and I became a sales coach. So I've written a book. I've done a lot of things. I work with any industry, professional services, which would be accounting, attorneys, manufacturing, distribution, anyone that has a sales team that is unstructured, unhappy with revenue, top line, um, wants to beef up their skill set, wants to have more structure, better go to market strategies any of those environments. Uh, I've done one-offs. I've done 800 people at KPMG. So anywhere in between there is is a good
0: fit for me. Awesome. Well, thanks for the intro. I appreciate that. So let's get right into it, Leslie. I mean, I think that, you know, we can talk about conditions, environments, and sales teams pre-COVID, or we can talk about it post-COVID. But at the end of the day, sales is sales. And I think that businesses are looking to add top talent, and they're looking to grow top line and they want to do it in an efficient way. And that's probably why they're they're going to someone like you. They're struggling to do that on their own. So maybe just, you know, give us a, a sense of the typical struggles or the typical things that you see when you go into a business where the sales team's not performing and not meeting expectations. You know, what, what are the top things that you, you, you know, the business owner sharing with you or the challenges that they're sharing with you?
1: Thanks. Um, okay, so this is probably not what people want to hear, but it's usually leadership that isn't engaged or Steering the ship, so you have salespeople who some are really successful, some are struggling, and some are failing. So I always call my sales teams islands of misfit toys. There's one of everything. So you get a superstar who wants to be left alone. You have a bunch in the middle that really want some nurturing and some help and guidance, coaching, consulting, whatever whatever that that you deem that to be. And then you have a group that is really never going to be a superstar. So what you have to assess as a leader is, who can I help and what does that help look like? Who should I leave alone and just let them run? And then who do I want to switch out and maybe recalibrate? So there's always a group and there's always a mishmash <coughs> of skill. And, and leadership often expects these salespeople to just be fine on their own and not need a lot of um, coaching or training. And it's it's always, almost always not true. So I think leadership needs to assess their own team, which they're not good at, which I am. So I can come in and say, you know, this is a, this person's an awesome one, awesome A, B, C, D, E, and then we can figure out what kind of program to put together that would make the individuals stronger. You have to be able to assess strengths and weaknesses so that you can use those strengths to propel the people forward within their own set of you know skills and talents.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So before there's a strategy it's an assessment of the people, business Mm -hmm. owners are typically maybe aware that the sales team's not performing, but they don't want to take necessarily responsibility. They don't know what they're doing wrong in their organization from a leadership perspective, messaging, and kind of from an implementation perspective. So that's, that's a, so your objective third party coming in and giving them that insight. And when you explain that to them, do they have an aha moment? Are they like, oh yeah, or do you get that pushback of, hey Leslie, you know, this is this is Susie, she's our best salesperson, she's been here for twenty years, we can't get rid of her. Right, what, 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 give us a yeah. story. And Where, it, the...
1: Yeah, and it's it's a combination. Sometimes the aha moment because they they really don't know what to do to change the the outcome, and so they they appreciate my insight and the fact that I've had a lot of different clients. So I do bring in a third party perspective. Sometimes if if I'm working with a sales manager, which happens more than you think and I augment their efforts, that sales manager is a little defensive and says, I got it, when they don't. One of the other mistakes companies make is they promote their best sales rep to be the sales manager. And just because you're a rainmaker doesn't mean you're a good coach or trainer. So often I can take that superstar and maybe coach them, but then I can also work with that superstar and say, here's here's how we can tweak the team and and move the ball. So um, it's a combination of responses when I come and talk about all the fabulous ideas I have.
0: That's great. That's great. And Leslie, so, you know, I think that assessment of the talent existing is super important. There's tons of uh, metrics and tools and d- the disc assessment and different, you know, things that strength finders and things that can be done right from an analytical perspective to give, you know, give us a number and say, Oh, this person's a 10 or this person's a one or this person's, you know, more for inside sales or outside sales, right? But there's, take someone like yourself to interpret that data. So whether you're recruiting somebody new or you're you know, trying to improve and, and put people in the right seats on the bus uh, within the organization, you know, wh- what, what types of things are important do you look at that have the most value when you are assessing those people? I mean, I think a lot of our listeners are either have a sales team, you know, screen people for, you know, in a variety of forms, whether that's a background check, substance abuse, some sort of analytics that they may do before they get in. So, I mean, in your experience, you know, what what tools and analytics and things do you like to look at to make sure that that person, there's an optimal chance that they will succeed within the organizations you're working with?
1: Right. And and sometimes, um, Tim, it's it's difficult in an interview or two to, to assess what I think are key indicators. I think one of the other challenges leaders and owners have is they don't know what their goals are with relation to revenue. So they have to match up the revenue and the compensation with goals. Is it new business? Is it raising prices? Is it keeping the business we have and upselling, cross-selling existing accounts? So we have to be really thoughtful with with the leadership team about what are their goals for any sales rep, any sales team. I look for fire on the belly. I look for someone who's competitive. I've met a lot of people who are low-key are really competitive, and so you you don't see it necessarily from the get go. Um, I want someone who wants to be a leader, even if it's just themselves, and they want to they want to be able to be um, self sustaining, if you will. I'm okay with um, helping people get there, but ultimately you've got to be willing to do all the things you have to do to sell and build relationships and and make money at it. Um, I also look for some industry knowledge. Not not um, a deal breaker, but if they know the industry, they can get ahead faster. Um, but I'm always interested in what their goals and objectives are as a person, as a family, as a team player. Um, do they like to be managed or not? Are they willing to te- uh, team sell? Are they willing to um, onboard and and be part of the team? Um, and a lot of people really want to work by themselves, which is great. But if if we're all work, like you said, if we're on that bus or we're on, a, we're on a canoe and we're oaring, we got to be going in the same direction. So there's a lot of variables, and I have seen that Island of Missed Toys. I've seen sales reps in every shape, color, size, skill set, and and you never know. You just It's really hard. I think the hardest thing right now in business, aside from COVID, which is not particularly my topic, is finding good salespeople. How do you take someone that you meet twice or three times, you do an assessment, how do you how do you help them succeed how do you how do you eat even your goals what are their goals what are my goals how do i how do i meet what i need to meet it's very challenging and and when you when you and i talked at one of our our events um most of my clients do not do background checks they don't do any filtering process within the tools you have so they want to look at an account list they want to look maybe at a commission report but other than that they don't even know if there's any issues or concerns, uh, and so do they have a driver's license? You know, do the is the IRS after them? You know, and I think that's important because that talks about character, it talks about priorities, it talks about distraction. And so it's, you know, I think that more people should hire people like you to at least get through that threshold, and then they can bring me in to do the next step of, you know, sales skill sets and, and aptitude and, and that that sort of thing.
0: That's a good point. I think that people, especially on the sales side, are, are really not, I wouldn't say desperate, but there's over eager to bring that person in and I could say based on without revealing the secret sauce, right? There's more than just th- that goes into two interviews and an assessment, right? There's some questions and understanding the whole picture. And I right. think that whether it's a a drug test or a background check or some sort of analytics or skill finder, right? It's, it's getting the whole picture to understand more about the person to make a better decision. Just like any decision in business, like you try to obtain as much information as you can within the time you have and the parameters to make a decision based on that, get the whole picture. Right? So there's no surprises and even doing that. Um, but what I've seen to your point, is on the sales side, people will say, oh, they came from the industry. They came from a competitor. They came from a friend. So I'm not going to do any of that kind of stuff because I just need to get them up and going. I got to get revenue moving and we got to hit our sales objectives, right? So they shortcut all that. Where if they're going to bring in someone to do their accounting, they're like, oh, well, we got to, you know, this person's going to be touching our money and our, we got to be more careful and blah, blah, blah. But I think that despite the position, the assessment, the review, and working with someone like yourself who understands what to look for and what to ask, right? sales side is even more complicated because like you say, a salesperson is trained in selling. Right? They are very good at the interview process. So it's going to take a, a skilled person to, to conduct that. And they're going to tell you, the, the business owner, the recruiting person, the HR person, what they want to hear. Right? So again, not revealing your secrets, but I mean, what are, I mean, maybe give an example of, hey, this is a situation where the person interviewed really well, maybe a, an awful story and, and, and how it ended up hurting the business. And then maybe an example of, you know, the opposite, where you could say a low key person, hey, brought them in and they were actually, you know, the star.
1: And and to your point about being in the industry, there is um, one industry I'm pretty prolific in, and there were probably 10 different owners and leaders that hired the same sales rep. So he would go, and they never asked a question. Nobody called me, and I knew the guy's name. I can't say it, but I know it. And he'd go from one company for about a year, milk them for a draw and a salary, and then move on. And never sold anything. So, and and they never asked. And he even came up with fake, wait for it, Tim, fake tax returns to prove his income. So anyway, but I think if there would have been some more, some more um, due diligence on that, they might've been able to uncover it. So one of the things I like to ask a new sales rep is, okay, you're gonna get hired today. What are you gonna to do tomorrow? What does what tomorrow morning at eight o'clock look like for you? And it's amazing to me how many people sit there because if it was me, I'd say, okay, well, I've got a list. You know, I'm going to go. I've got clients. But they, they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, okay, you're going to start tomorrow. What are you going to do? And they don't have any answers. <clears throat> so that to me is not a good sign because they haven't thought through working at this company and what that looks like and how do I fit in as a professional. And they don't have a plan. <clears throat> so one of the things I help people with, Tim, is a goal and a plan. So I want to sell. Okay, great. Who do you want to sell to? And what does your plan look like? And if I can build a plan, then I can execute the plan and we can follow the plan. It's like a roadmap. But if you don't have a plan, you're just winging it and it doesn't usually work.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think too, that goes back to your point about leadership, having an idea of what they want, right? Leadership knows what they want and they understand what, what they're trying to do, who they want to sell to, which services, which products, and which Regions and which areas, then right. that plan can be developed and the salesperson has a chance to succeed. And there's clear object- objectives that they need to be met. If not, then again, both leadership and the salespeople are winging in. They're hoping that they're going to land that big account or that it's going to go well. Um, right. And again, sometimes it might if they're really, you know, someone who's really skilled and knows what's going on. Um, or it can be, you know, fatal in terms of, you know, you spend a year paying out someone who drives absolutely no sales. So, I, I, one question right. for you, Leslie, you work in the sales side. Yeah. So, uh, you know, personally a question is, is, Hey, you know, def- when you hear outside sales, inside sales and account management, or kind of business development, you know, what are the, what are the red flags that go up when someone says, Hey, I need someone who does cold call or outside sales. And you know, I need them to do this, this, and this, you know, versus someone who's like an inside account manager, who's like a quote unquote salesperson. Like what, what are some, how do you differentiate those two positions? Cause to me they're two very different personalities in two different positions. Um, but I think that a lot of times that people hire an account manager, inside salesperson, expect them to do cold calls and be doing, you know, more networking and then vice versa. Right? Uh, right. Order taker as opposed to someone who's actually prospecting.
1: And back to that, that, that comment we've made three times about what's the goal, an inside sales rep and an outside sales rep could be a similar, uh similar objective goal and plan a customer service rep who. from my perspective, manages current accounts and facilitates some of the relationship is a key player as well. Those people usually aren't tapped to do outside sales calls. So when you have an owner that says, I'm going to turn my inside customer service people into salespeople, they're like, no, I don't want to be a sales rep. So that usually doesn't work. You can find a really dynamic customer service rep and make them a sales rep because they've got the right mix the right recipe. You can do that. Um, But I think you have to be really clear on, again, what are the goals? What do I think the criteria is? Am I trying again? Am I trying to attract new customers? One of the things I have that I get challenges with, with clients, Tim, is they want to grow 10% in top line revenue, but they aren't keeping track of the attrition that they lose. So they lose 10%. So they really have to grow 20 to make 10 And they don't account for that. So we really have to be thoughtful about what accounts are going away and why, and how do I stop that bleeding, and then how do I grow top line on top of that? And that's two different conversations. COVID, 2020 is not the year to measure attrition for your your companies and colleagues, because 2020 was a really weird year for sure, right? So we want to take a look at 2018 and nineteen revenue by client. We want to look at 20 and kind of skip over it. And then we want to say, okay, who, who stopped buying from us in 2019? And do we know why? And if the salespeople don't know why, then they are dodo birds, because they need to know why their client went away. And then we need to build on top of that. And then we need to get back to the goal. If my goal is to uh, break even and tread water, which in a tough market might be really good, you lose 10%, you grow 10%, everybody's happy, you're still making money. If I want to grow new markets, I've got a new territory. I want to hire someone in the Bay Area. I want to hire someone in San Diego, and I want to grow a new market. Then you've got to put that, that's a plus on top. So you have to be able to assess all those different moving parts. CSRs are really important with respect to account retention if they are focused on, wait for it, the customer. This is all about keeping customers. The whole sales process I'm in. Is about keeping customers, and a lot of people at the back of the house don't get that and aren't. I did a, a class in San Diego for financial people, and they all, you know, complain about salespeople, which is fine. You know, we've all heard it, and they and I, they said we even did a survey, and we did a survey, and we found out that the guy in um, the internal, one of the internal guys, was mean, and clients didn't like him. And I said, well, you should get rid of him. And they said, it's the owner's son. I said, well, why'd you do the survey? Because you weren't going to do what the client said. And so they've got a guy who is uh, literally a man who is mean to clients. And yet they let him interact with clients. So I said, put him in the back, put him in the warehouse. He's not a driver. He doesn't make deliveries. He's in the absolute back in the warehouse and talks to no customers. So be really clear that your, pe- anybody that interacts with a customer is selling. And all those people have to be focused on am i moving the ball in the right direction or am i upsetting people and getting that client mad at me and the company and i'm 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 negatively impacting our efforts got to be the top focus that's all i care about me clients and revenue
0: yeah and yeah. Leslie, I think you bring up a good point where where people want to look at hiring salespeople. But I think it's about, it goes back to the two words that you, you kind of brought up consistently, which is a goal and a plan. And the goal and the plan has to be consistent throughout the organization from anyone that's talking to, touching a customer, a partner, a client, whatever. And also looking at what the goal is. is hey, It doesn't do any good to, to grow top line by 20%. If you're losing, you're, you have clients that are dropping off at 10% a month. You're just, you're just really shooting yourself in the foot. And so, I, I mean, I think that, the theme is, is like say, whether it's pre-COVID or COVID times, like there's certain metrics that you'd be looking at and you'd be paying attention to those. So you can give good guidance, look at the plan and then attract the right people that are going to help you get there and also optimize the chances of the salespeople that you hire for them to succeed. Cause you're kind of putting them in a trap without a plan, without a goal, they're not gonna be able to hit their targets, which means the companies are gonna guard their targets. And that means that you're gonna to have to lay them off, fire them or uh, move on. So again, I, I, Leslie, I thank you so much for joining the podcast today. If you need to connect with Leslie Green, that's Leslie Green, G-R-O-E-N-E, Leslie Green Consulting. You can find her on LinkedIn. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. We'll definitely link up Leslie's information as well as a link to her book in the show notes below. And uh, stay tuned for future episodes. You can feel free to download our podcast wherever you find your podcast. Thanks, Leslie.